0: What I ask you today, do you have anything that you're anxious about these days? Last couple of years have probably uh, increased anxiety levels for, for most of us. Um, Kaiser Health News back in February of this year, ran an article on how the COVID-19 pandemic is affecting people's mental health and, and substance use. And, and it stated that during the pandemic, uh, four out of 10 adults in the US reported symptoms of anxiety or depressive disorder, and that was up from 1 in 10 just a couple years before that. I'm hoping that those numbers have lessened a bit since then, uh, but a a health tracking poll, uh, about the same time frame also, told us that 36% of adults were dealing with difficulty sleeping, and 32% had difficulty eating. Some of us didn't have that problem and may have had the opposite, maybe (laughs) ate more uh, instead of less as a result of their stress. Uh, 12% reported increased alcohol consumption or, or substance abuse, and the anxiety numbers were higher among the younger generation. Uh, with 56% of young adults aged 18 to 24 reporting symptoms of anxiety or depressive dif- disorder, and 26% of adults of, of, of young adults in reporting even suicidal thoughts. Sobering statistics. Anxiety is very real. And some of the situations in the world around us don't look to be getting better anytime soon, and so we have things like runaway inflation that's uh, eating away at our sense of financial security. Uh, Recent reports, uh, consumer prices currently rising at their fastest pace in 31 years. I haven't even touched on maybe your anxiety issues, whatever they would be uh, in your personal life. Maybe it's related to your job or health or relationship issues that you're dealing with and weigh heavily on you And besides that, uh, simply the issues that come along with getting older. Some of us are having that sink in a little bit more all the time. So how do you deal with increasing anxieties that we feel? Well, I leave it with uh, you and your doctor to sort out the medical aspects of that, but it's my opportunity today uh, to point you to the spiritual help that, that God wants to give to each of us as those anxious thoughts come our way. And we've been going through the uh, book of Philippians here, um, and we're getting toward the end of that. And and, uh, there's some verses in chapter 4 that tell us practically how to deal with anxiety and and give us then some promises of God to hang on to in the midst of whatever you're going through. And So I invite you to look with me at that. We're looking in uh, Philippians chapter 4, beginning with verse 4. Invite to stand in reverence to God's word as I read. Philippians 4, beginning in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Lord, I thank you for these familiar verses. And Lord, pray that whether we knew them already or not, you might minister to each of our hearts a reminder of what is here and what you offer each of us as we come to you in prayer. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. as we deal with the turmoil in the world around us and as we deal with our own personal struggles as well, we might at times ask, so where is God in this situation? The Apostle Paul certainly would have had reason to ask that question as he encountered all kinds of trials on his missionary journeys while he was spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Remember, he encountered beatings and imprisonment even as he attempted to share the gospel at Philippi. And now sometime later, then he writes this letter to Philippian Christians while he is again imprisoned somewhere. And you might be asking that same question as you look around at the events in our world, or, or as and you deal with some of your own personal struggles in your life. Ask, "Well, where is God in my situation?" And the answer that Paul gives us is that God is not far away. Rejoice in the Lord. Always again I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be, reasonableness be known to everyone. Why? Because the Lord is at hand. The American Standard says it this way. Let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. What's a forbearing spirit? Renikerton Rogers describes it this way. A humble, patient steadfastness which is able to submit to injustice, disgrace, and maltreatment without hatred and malice, trusting in God in spite of it all. Now, how can anybody possibly be like that? It's only as we remind ourselves where God is. He's not far away. He's not unconcerned about our plight. No, he is near. He's at hand. He, he is fully aware of our circumstances. And no matter how bad those circumstances seem, no matter what we feel, God has not deserted us. And the, and the truth of this verse remains... He is near. And, and, and truly believing that then gives us this forbearing spirit uh, that others can see. And, and uh, I certainly have observed that sometimes in some of you, e- even as you, some of you have gone through um, health issues and multiple, multiple uh, diagnoses of cancer, for instance, or others have dealt with a death of somebody in your family very close to you. And, and there's this forbearing spirit, trusting in God and leaning on Him heavily in the midst of the trial. Well, Paul says to us here, the Lord is near. How near is he? Verse 7 reminds us here. He's as close as a prayer. The song says he's as close as the mention of his name. He's in the room with you. He's so close that you can talk softly. And he'll still hear you. Or, Or you can even just think the words in prayer. And he'll know what you're thinking. No one else hears words that are said in solitude or or hears thoughts never even spoken. But God does. Psalm 65 verse 2 says, O you who hear prayer, to you all men come. And so whatever your trial today, whatever the cause of your anxiety today, have you prayed upon it? Have you brought it to the one who's always ready to listen and he hears the prayer of your heart even today? Verse 6 here contains four different words for prayer that help us to grasp the significance of this gracious gift from God. And the first one is is normally in English just interpreted as prayer. Um, But the emphasis of of the original word there is on who we're making request of. As Luther's Catechism says, prayer is talking to God silently or out loud from our hearts. The, The second word is supplication. And, and that word emphasizes both the need of the one that's making the request, and also then the humble nature in which we must make it. And then the third word there is thanksgiving. Reneker and Roger says it this way, that which ought never to be absent from our devotion, namely the grateful acknowledgement of past mercies. Lensky says the heartthrob of all true prayer is thankfulness. We're heading into the Thanksgiving week here now. A a time where we pause and and we look back on the year and and we take notice of God's provision. I encourage you to do that individually and do it with your family and and friends. Invite you, if you can, come this Wednesday night as well as we gather here as a family of God and give thanks together. We have a tradition here of of, a singing some songs together and a short message from God's Word. And this year, uh, Pastor Nick will be bringing that message to us. And, and then the tradition includes an open mic where we have opportunities and for anybody to share testimonies of thanks to God for his hand in their lives. And, and it's such a blessing to hear different ones share each year, uh, hear their voice, share a testimony of what God has been doing in their life and how he's helped them through some things in their personal lives we've been looking here now in in verse 6 at at the four words relating to prayer one with the emphasis then on on who we're talking to, that's God himself the second with with the emphasis on the need for the request the need of the requester and the humble manner in which he makes that request and and the third one then looking back and seeing then God's provision and his answer to prayer in the past and and giving thanks for that And, and then that should encourage us also then as we look ahead Keep asking him for things in the future. And and that brings us to that fourth word, requests. And and the focus of that word then is on the specific thing that you're asking for, which we then wish for God to grant us in the future. So why does Paul bring up prayer in this text? Well, it's in response to dealing with anxiety. He says in verse 6 here, Do not be anxious about anything. That is, do not continue living in a state of anxiety about anything, but pray about everything. Pray remembering who you're talking to, and and come to him then with your need, thanking him for how he's helped you in the past, and and then confidently making that specific request of him as you're looking to the future. And there's a promise here if, if we do that. When we bring our anxieties to God in prayer, he gives us peace. Shalom. Absence of war, absence of turmoil or chaos, and, and this biblical peace it is both an objective reality and also a subjective experience. Uh, objectively, Christians are, are sinners that have found peace with God through that sacrificial death of, of Christ on the cross, and, and as a result, then they no longer fear God's wrath and His judgment. Colossians two fourteen describes it. and says, "There, how they're at Calvary over." 2,000 years ago, God canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us. And he's taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Romans 5.1 reminds us, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And and so then that that peace with God, that's a present reality for the believer in Jesus Christ. But beyond then that objective reality is also the subjective experience of peace. And this can be experienced as we then live daily in a relationship with the Lord and Savior. And Paul says here it it is experienced as we bring our requests to God in prayer. There's a men's quartet song that I have loved to sing over the years. Just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Something happens deep within us when we bring our anxieties to the Lord and we lay them at his feet. And we tell him, Lord, this burden's beyond me to bear. Lord, this problem is beyond me to fix. This trial is beyond me to weather. And he says, I know, and I'll bear it for you. I'll fix what you can't. I will stir to you to endure the storm. And as we learn then to leave things in his hands and trust him, he he gives us that peace in our hearts. So what is that peace like? How would you explain it to someone who hasn't experienced it? Well, Paul says something very interesting here in verse 7 here. That this peace is really beyond comprehension or explanation. That this peace is supernatural. And supernatural things and man can't fully explain. Nor can he explain away. The Christian can't adequately describe this peace. And the observing non believer is baffled and perplexed by it, wishing he knew it too. It's the piece that Horatio Spafford knew back in the 1800s as he was on a ship out in the Atlantic Ocean and they passed over that spot where just days before his four daughters had drowned when their ship had collided with another vessel and gone down. And as he was at that spot and thinking of these things, he He penned words here of when peace like a river as a testimony of the peace that surpasses all understanding and the course that goes, even so, it is well with my soul. And nobody can explain how it is even possible to have peace in the middle of such grief. But Christians for over 150 years, as they've gone through various trials in their lives, have identified with the words of that song. However, this piece that surpasses all comprehension it is not just available for those extreme or tragic situations, but for our daily living as Christians as well. I remember well as an insecure teenager dealing with the multiple teenage anxieties, too numerous to mention, finding... These verses in Philippians chapter 4 or 6 and 7 and, and I memorized them. I can't remember if that was required of me or if I uh, did it on my own but I memorized them and, and I began putting them into practice. And, and what a difference it made to go to God with my anxiousness about that speech I had to give in speech class. I hated being in front of people for speech. Yeah. Or that track beat that I was going to be in. Or, or that girl I had a crush on. And all kinds of other things as well. We live in very perplexing times in our, in our nation. And, and, and if we focus long on the national news, we feel our blood pressure rising. And, and in our own personal struggles, too, if we spend most of our time dwelling on our problems, they're going to overwhelm us. But as we take our eyes off of ourselves and off of the skirmishes in politics, and then we look to the one who is sovereign over all, who, who knows the number of our individual days before we're even born, and, and who holds the times of rulers and nations in his hands, we learn to trust him to take care of us too. And Paul says here that the peace that he gives guards our, our hearts and our minds. At the end of verse 6, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Will guard. That, that is a promise here. And, and actually... That the word guarding comes from a military term. It, it's the picture then of a soldier that's standing on guard duty at the city gate and controlling what comes in and what goes out. And so it is that God's peace will, will control what goes in and out of our minds and our hearts. And, and it will stop then those anxious thoughts from taking over the mind and it will guard our heart from distrust of the sovereign God. This peace comes from, tells us at the end of this year, from the God of peace. He is the source of all true peace. Any other so-called peace is incomparable to what he gives us as we trust in him. And then lastly here, constant awareness of his presence and helps us to focus our minds on what is good and guards our hearts from what is evil. And so he tells us here in in verses 8 and 9 where to focus our minds. On whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and commendable and excellent and worthy of praise. Let your mind dwell on these things and the, and the things you've heard and seen in me, Paul says. Practice those things and the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace wants to give us peace in our hearts. And, and it starts in with that objective peace that he offers in Jesus Christ. Peace that involves in knowing Forgiveness of all of our sins and the promise of eternal life in heaven someday. And based on that and beyond that, then, he gives us this subjective experience of peace as well that at times floods our anxious hearts with this indescribable sense of security in the midst of the chaos. What are the issues causing anxiety in your life these days? Have you brought them to God in prayer? I see verse seven here as a conditional promise. Don't expect the peace if you're unwilling to pray. We sang earlier, oh what peace we often forfeit, oh what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And don't just ask somebody else to pray for you. Don't think to yourself, I I don't know what to say. God's word invites you today. Just come to him. Pour all your heart to him. But whatever you're dealing with, and he will meet you there. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord God, for these, some of my favorite verses in Philippians because they remind us of your care for us. Lord, you know the things that uh, fill our hearts with anxiety. As we look around at the world and as we deal with our individual personal struggles as well. Lord, you know each one of us and and you know it all. And and it's amazing to me. You invite us to come to you in prayer and you can handle it all no matter who we are, no matter how many of us are coming to you at once with those concerns. You invite us to come. And so, Lord, I ask that you would help us, that we would do that today and, and that you would encourage us. That our lives are in your hands and, and that you would give us that peace that surpasses all comprehension a- as we go through the trials of this life lord if there be somebody here who doesn't know you as their lord and savior i, I pray that even today you would help them that they would see that that, uh, that, that the biggest anxiety producer for for many of us and is really our own sin and our failures and, and lord thank you that you tell us we can bring all those to you and, and There's forgiveness for them all at the cross. And and you tell us that we can have assurance that our sins are forgiven. And and that someday, when our time on earth is done, you'll take us to be with you in glory. And so, Lord, I ask God that you would help each one of us today, that that we would be reminded regularly of what to do with our anxieties. And that we wouldn't hesitate to do that. We wouldn't just spend our time... um, Worrying about those things and, and even uh, complaining about them, Lord, that we would talk to you about We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.